Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? It's a nice, brisk 33 degrees outside the uh, studios and offices of Jim Hinckley's America. It's getting light out, but the sun's not up yet. Tad bit chilly for this old boy. I look for my long underwear when it gets below 80 degrees. You know, uh, a country, a society, a people, myth, tradition, legend, these all are woven into a rich tapestry that kind of defines a people, society. Thanksgiving is uh, a, a, a big, big part of America's heritage, its tradition. But, uh, well, with the passing of time, History uh, gets distorted, shall we say. And when it comes to tradition, well, history gets distorted a lot. Uh, give me an example. With the Thanksgiving is a perfect example since we have that coming up on Thursday. What is it that uh, you think of when you think of Thanksgiving? Well, we're taught uh, pilgrims, uh, the Indians, uh, the Native Americans uh, got, you know, with all, all these great things. They're part of our tradition, our heritage. And, uh, but things get changed over the years. Here's an, just one example is beer. To paraphrase a quote by Abraham Lincoln, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. While Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms have made it easier to spread misinformation and conspiracies about everything from elections to historic events. There's nothing new about lies becoming facts. Consider the history of Thanksgiving and beer. Quote, due to the unsafe drinking water, passengers on the Mayflower drank beer as a main hydration source. Each person was rationed a gallon per day. They started to run out as the ship approached Plymouth Rock. This is the first paragraph of a story recently published in a prestigious and well-respected news source. It continues with details about the pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock instead of their intended destination in Virginia because their beer supply was almost exhausted. Well, variations of this story have been told for generations. In fact, they've been told so often Many people take it as fact. There's a slight problem here, though, however. It isn't true, at least not completely. So, if this isn't true, how was beer linked to the Thanksgiving dinner tradition that includes turkey, stuffing, green bean casserole, cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie, sweet potatoes with marshmallows, or, in my house, chili verde? As early as 1920, the inseparable myth of beer, 
Thanksgiving and Pilgrims was firmly intertwined. In fact, by the late 1950s, only New Year's Eve surpassed Thanksgiving for beer company marketing campaigns. But the myth, based loosely, very loosely, in fact, has its origins in a brilliant promotional campaign launched by Anheuser-Busch shortly after the dawning of the 20th century. But there's more of this story than just an attempt to sell beer. Ironically, the Pilgrims were beer drinkers. In 1637, the license for a brewery in Massachusetts was issued. But by the late 1890s, a growing movement of puritanical zealots was gaining ground in their quest to outlaw alcohol, including beer. Temperance societies such as the Women's Christian Temperance Union were gaining political clout. In 1906, the Anti-Saloon League that had been established in 1893 was recognized and supported by a few pioneering automobile manufacturers. These companies were eager to curtail the rising number of industrial accidents, many of which were alcohol-related and, as a result, increased the efficiency of their workers. Well, to counter the temperance movement, the United Brewers Industrial Foundation launched a promotional campaign led by Anheuser-Busch in 1908. The themes of the advertisements were simple yet stirring. Beer drinking was patriotic. Beer drinking was an integral part of American history. One of their advertisements featured a pen and ink drawing of the pilgrims and the Indians at a table loaded with food, and they were toasting each other with mugs of frosty beer. The heading was a question. What was the menu of the first Thanksgiving dinner? And that was followed by the pilgrims and their Indian guests had game, seafood, vegetables, and beer. Beer may not have been on the menu at the first Thanksgiving dinner, but it's definitely a holiday tradition. So where do we get into this? Uh, well, let's talk about this. Thanksgiving is a national holiday here in the United States. It occurs on Thursday, November 24th. The loose history is this. In 1621, the Plymouth colonists and the Wampanoag Indians shared an autumn harvest feast it's acknowledged as one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations in the colonies. There's a caveat to that, and I'll get to that in a minute. For the more than two centuries, days of Thanksgiving were celebrated by the individual colonies. It wasn't until 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, that Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national Thanksgiving, a day of Thanksgiving to be held each November. Let me share a little bit about that Lincoln situation. In July of 1863, the Battle of Gettysburg resulted in more than 50,000 American casualties. And, and, and despite this, the United States gained a great victory in those three days. And uh, on October 3rd, President Lincoln issued a somber proclamation. And here's the section from that. I do, therefore, invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to him this tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife 
in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Kind of stirring words. Well, Lincoln was quite a fellow. He was quite an orator. But here's another little tidbit for you. Lincoln gave the speech. Lincoln made it famous. Lincoln made a national day holiday of Thanksgiving Day. It was one of nine similar proclamations that Mr. Lincoln issued during the Civil War. Here's a little tidbit for you. Like my pa said, better to fill the head with useless knowledge than no knowledge at all. Lincoln didn't write those words. He wrote a lot of his speeches, but not that one. It was penned by Secretary of State William Seward. But here's where the, the inspiration for Lincoln's proclamation comes from. Sarah Joseph Hale. She was the editor of Gaudy's Lady Book and the author of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mrs. Hale also played a large role in making Thanksgiving Day a national holiday. In 1827, as the editor of Boston's Ladies Magazine, she began to write essays calling for the national holiday. In 1846, as the editor of Gaudy's Ladies Book, she launched a letter-writing campaign. And then, in September of 1863, she wrote to the president asking to use his powers. Like my pa said, better to fill the head with useless knowledge than no knowledge at all. Uh, you know, we're taught from a very early age in school that the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock in 1620, and to celebrate their first harvest, they've held the feast. Uh, well, it was actually a continuation of a tradition they had experienced in Europe. Most agricultural societies throughout history hold feasts and ceremonies during the time of harvest. But here's one that uh, doesn't make the history books very often. There may have been a Thanksgiving celebration before the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock. Uh, the chronicler of Francisco Coronado's uh, expeditions noted that on May 23rd, 1541, they celebrated a day of Thanksgiving with the Taya Indians at Palo Duro Canyon, Texas. That was on May 23rd, 1541. Well, by 1777, all of the 13 colonies in America were holding days of Thanksgiving celebrations. In 1789, George Washington declared November 26 a day of Thanksgiving. And in 1815, James Madison continued that tradition, he declared a day of prayer and thanksgiving. The first Thanksgiving parade, well, that was held in Philadelphia back in 1920. Well, where does football fit into all this, you ask? Well, the National Football League decided to start playing its games on Thanksgiving Day in 1922. And what about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, you ask? That started on 1924. And in 1934, the National Football League, well, 
they began uh, playing all their games on Thanksgiving. And then after altering the date of Thanksgiving, in 1941, President Franklin Roosevelt reestablished the fourth Thursday of November as Thanksgiving Day. And the tradition of the pardoning of the turkey, we can credit President Harry Truman for that. It was part of the Thanksgiving dinner in 1947. All pretty interesting stuff, don't you think? Well, what was on the menu? You know, the, the real thing is uh, the pilgrims probably ate what the natives did. Lobster, seal, swans, eels. The first winter was, was very brutal for the colonists, and uh, they suffered from exposure, scurvy, all kinds of diseases. And by, by, the, by the time spring arrived, over half the people had died. Uh, this is where the story really gets interesting. You know, if you're uh, divine intervention, coincidences, it's all quite amazing, and it makes for a great story, and there's some historic evidence to back all of this up. In March, the uh, settlers moved ashore, and they received a visit from a member of the Abenaki tribe. Imagine their surprise when he spoke to them in English. This is the legendary Squanto. He was a, actually a member of the Pawtuxet tribe, but he had been kidnapped and sold into slavery by an English sea captain and uh, learned English in England, and made himself useful by uh, offering to return to his homeland as a guide for exploratory expeditions, and that's where he escaped. He taught the pilgrims a lot about uh, how to deal with the native people, uh, helped them cultivate corn, extract sap from maple trees, and which plants they should avoid, because they might be poisonous. And he also was instrumental in helping the settlers forge an alliance with the Wampanoag tribe. And that treaty lasted for more than 50 years. It remains as one of the sole examples of harmony, one of the best examples of harmony between the colonists and Native Americans. In November of 1621, when their first harvest was modestly successful, Governor Bradford organized a celebratory feast and uh, invited a group of his uh, Native American neighbors. Uh, this is now kind of celebrated. This is the origins of our tradition for the first Thanksgiving. And uh, the festival supposedly lasted for three days. There's no official record exists of the so-called Thanksgiving menu, but there was a pilgrim chronicler named Edward Winslow. This is what he wrote about that day, that celebration. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, so that we might after a special manner rejoice together after we had gathered the fruits of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as with little help besides served the company almost a week, at which time amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms many of the Indians coming amongst us, and amongst the rest their greatest king, Massasoit, with some ninety men, 
whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. Talk about run-on sentences. My publisher, my editor would have a fit. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Most of the dishes were probably uh, prepared using traditional spices and cooking methods. So we can assume that they didn't have things like cake and desserts and cobblers, things that I happen to enjoy. You know, we mentioned uh, family traditions, holiday traditions, things of that nature. In our house, we very seldom do turkey, those kind of things. We do end up with uh, cranberry. But uh, we usually end up with a good fruit pie. We usually end up with uh, enchiladas and uh, chili verde. That's kind of our our Thanksgiving thing. So, uh, in 1817, New York became the first of several states to officially adopt an annual Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, the states all celebrated on a different day. Interestingly enough, it was the southern uh, states that didn't really have much to do with the holiday at first. And during the American Revolution, the Continental Congress designated several days of Thanksgiving a year. In 1789, George Washington issued the first official Thanksgiving proclamation by the national government of the United States. A little tidbit for you. We had two governments in the United States. One was under the Articles of Confederation and then the Constitution. But that's a story for another day. In 1827, we uh, mentioned uh, Sarah Hale. There's a growing trend for celebrating a day of Thanksgiving. Uh, Interestingly enough, a lot of the sermons for those early Thanksgiving celebrations centered on the abolition of slavery. And uh, that might be why some of the the southern states didn't quite uh, see Thanksgiving the way other people did. Thanksgiving today has lost a lot of its original religious uh, underpinnings. It centers more on cooking, family, friends, a bountiful meal, football, beer. You get the idea. Did you know 90% of Americans eat turkey for Thanksgiving? That's kind of interesting. Other traditional foods include stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, pumpkin pie. Volunteerism is a big thing in America, too. Communities hold food drives and host free dinners for the less fortunate. And then, like, say, parades. By the uh, second and third decade of the 20th century, parades became a big part. And it was a promotional campaign. Ah, And, of course, we live in an age of controversy. It's no surprise to everybody. Uh, other ceremonies among European settlers in North America, I, I mentioned the Spanish had uh, a situation. We had uh, 
December 4th, 1619, 38 British settlers reached a site known as Berkeley 100 on the bank of James River in Virginia. And they read a proclamation designating the date as a day of Thanksgiving. Uh, Native Americans, for obvious reasons, can take issue with how the Thanksgiving story is presented to the American public. In their view, the traditional narrative paints a deceptively sunny portrait of relations. And we know that's not true. And so now uh, is a national day of mourning is a, is a big part of the celebration. You know, and I don't want to get into all the controversies, the politics of these things, but uh, we have to embrace our history as it was and uh, also our traditions. You know, the, the, the traditions, as they evolve and change over the years, and as we look at our history, that's also a big part of how we remain united as a people. A little food for thought there. That's how we come together as Americans. We embrace our history. We look at our traditions. Uh, our immigrants bring new traditions. And those get woven into the old traditions. Make new tra- make new traditions for a new generation. And uh, history is not always pretty, as we know. But we put aside that for one day. This year, just put aside differences. Let's think about what we have in common. Let's be thankful for what we've got. Not worry too much about what we don't have. And uh, let's meditate a bit on what we can do in the coming year to make the place a little bit better than one has got here. Give a little thought to what we can do to be a blessing unto others. Uh, Thanksgiving traditions. My family was uh, kind of different. We were uh, didn't have a lot of kin to celebrate with, so we always had small traditions. My uh, dearest friend, my dear wife uh, of nearly 40 years now, she comes from a big ranching in Arizona family, multiple generations Arizona. Her father was actually born in Tombstone. His grandfather was the sheriff there out of Cochise County. And uh, for her growing up, Thanksgiving was a big, big festivities. So when I married into this clan, it was kind of a different thing for me. And as I mentioned, now here in our house, uh, grandkids are scattered, and it's uh, largely just my dearest friend and I will, uh, a few friends will drop by, or we'll find some folks that are a little down on their luck, and we'll have them over. We usually ended up, uh, Judy's got on the schedule this year, some chili verde and some enchiladas. So... Anyone want to share what their Thanksgiving uh, is like or Thanksgiving traditions? Any ideas and plans for Thanksgiving this year you'd like to chime in about? Sure like to hear from you. Well, I hope uh, I hope you found the program interesting, informative, a little thought provoking. And uh, I hope that each and every one of you, uh, have a great Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, I do hope it's spent with family and friends and thoughts of family and friends. And like I say, this year, 
Let's try to get in the spirit of this thing and put aside some differences. We've got enough of that. Guys, I want to thank everyone for joining us today and and uh, hope you'll join us next week. We're going to come up with something else we'll be talking about, beating our gums here. Uh, I have a few announcements to make real quick. I have abandoned Twitter, uh, closed my account. I don't feel the company is stable, secure, and I'm not pleased. I, I'm, a, I'm a strong proponent of free speech and not censoring. But there comes a responsibility when you're in the media. Uh, you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. And that's all I'm going to say there. But uh, I'm not happy. So oh, I hated to do it, but I shut down my Twitter account. It has been a tradition for many, many years. In December, we usually end up at Auto Books, Aero Books uh, in Burbank, California. This is at 2900 Magnolia Boulevard. And uh, it's a great old bookstore dating back to the 1950s. And as the, as the name implies, it's all automotive and aeronautical books, new and used, and magazines. Uh, but it's amazing. I have bought some incredible books there over the years. I bought, uh, years ago, I picked up a 1903 uh, automobile repair manual. Great store, great people, a lot of fun there. They always find things to do. It's interesting, Saturday is kind of a cruise day. People show up with all kinds of vehicles. I've seen, uh, gosh, 1962 Ferraris and Model T Fords and 1908 steam cars and just about everything else show up. They uh, put out some pastries and coffee and whatnot. Well, long version short, we've done that for many, many years until the apocalypse of 2020. And, uh, well, this is our first year of returning. We will be there on the afternoon of December 3rd. Uh, if you happen to be in the Kingman, Arizona area on December 31st, uh, I've been asked to put out an open invite to the Route 66 Association of Kingman, Arizona Christmas Party. It's going to be a catered dinner, followed by a presentation made by yours truly. I'll be talking about Route 66, the Route 66 Centennial, and my recent fall tour. All that they ask is that uh, you RSVP. Seating is going to be limited, but uh, it's an open house, meet and greet. To confirm, uh, you would call 928-753-1314. Uh, I'll be down in Needles, California on November 30th for the Mojave County Regional Tourism Meeting. And uh, I expect that to be pretty darned exciting. And I'll share updates on that when I get back. Uh, let's see. Ah, mark your calendars for this one too. February 11th. Uh, Route 66 Info Fair is also going to be in Needles, California. There'll be tours of the old El Garces, uh, Harvey House, and Depot, and a lot of festivities going on there Saturday the 11th. In Needles, California, or as we used to uh, make fun of it, Needless, California, is a great place to be in February. It's usually about 70, 75 degrees. It's not so nice come July and August when it's about 120 degrees. Another story for another day. 
Uh, my schedule is posted on our website, jimhinkleysamerica.com. And uh, schedule's filling up pretty quick. But uh, if you'd like to schedule an appearance, please let me know. If you'd like to be a guest on this program, you have an event coming up that you'd like to promote and talk about, drop me a note. Let's get you some uh, publicity going. And uh, I think that about wraps it up today. Does anybody have any questions, comments, anything that they would like to share? No. Well, again, thank you. I am very fortunate and very blessed to have everyone who tunes in, joins us, and encourages my gum beating. Hey, uh, let's close this out with a little bit of music from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew. Say hello to a new friend On an old road Take a two-lane trip of memories Into mysteries unknown And don't Come forget along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America And don't forget, Car Talk from the Main Street of America, our automotive podcast. Uh, we generally have that posted by Saturday morning now. We have it on the weekends for you to enjoy. Uh, this program is live and interactive. Then it's archived on Spotify and other platforms. Car Talk is a recorded program uh, that is then uh, on Libsyn, uh, Spotify, other platforms. And likewise, as I mentioned in this program, if you have an automotive event that you'd like to promote or uh, some automotive history to share or uh, an automotive museum to talk about, drop me a note and uh, let's get you on the air. Let's get you a program going. Guys, thank you. And don't eat too much on Thanksgiving, but have a good time. Take care, my friends. Vaya con Dios and adios. <laughs>